Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Margaret Pendo, and today I have the honor of introducing you to Andrew Starcher. Dr. Starcher is the current Vice President of Academic Affairs, but has been involved with Franklin since 1993. Throughout Dr. Starcher's career, he has had a plethora of experiences in international higher education institutions, such as American University of Afghanistan, Bocconi University, University of Milan, and many more. He is well known for his research on student development through international education and was actually awarded the Richard and Shirley Maudit Prize by the UNESCO Chair of Higher Education Management in 2013. So I'm very excited to learn more about him with you all here today and a warm welcome, Professor. Thank you, Margaret. And uh, full disclosure, Margaret attended an academic travel with me. Uh, yes, yeah. you were my first ever academic travel around Northern Italy, and it was very fun. Very, very fun. <laughs> <laughs> it was great to have you, and it's great now to see you as a graduate. Yes, very exciting. <laughs> so to get us started, I kind of wanted to learn more about your current role as Vice President of Academic Affairs and kind of what that means for the student body, for you, uh, and so forth. No, thank you. That's a good question. In fact, um, I actually pulled out my job description and I, I laughed because um, this opportunity came about uh, fairly late um, in the spring. Uh, I'm a good friend of uh, Sarah Steiner Barella, um, the former dean and VPA, and had worked with her for many years. And, um, and an opportunity came up for her. Um, to uh, join Virginia Tech and their program here locally. Um, they, they thought of me um, as an interim um, for a couple of years. And um, so Sarah and I talked intensively about it. And, and it was great because she, she shared not only the official uh, job with description, but the unofficial job description. So, so th th there's a lot to it. Um, but I think uh, fundamentally the, the, the DPAA um, is responsible for ensuring the quality of, of a Franklin education. I think that's that's the main job. And so um, academic standards, uh, working with curriculum, working with the faculty, um, and, and ensuring student success. I mean, I think that's mainly mainly what the job consists of. So that, so that means the people who I work most closely with um, on the, let's say, the administrative side, uh, it's the registrar and the registrar's office. So people do the registration, collect the grades, do the transcripts, keep keep the academic records, and and they're a little bit the conscience of the university in the sense that um, they um, they have to really make sure that we maintain standards because we are accredited um, both in the United States and in Switzerland. Um, Another person I work a lot with is the director of the writing and learning center and the director of the the library. So those are uh, sort of learning resources for students and a, an important part of what, what we do. I've, I've also got um, uh, Marcoletto working as coordinator and Leslie Tidoldi, who um, does about everything, in, including a, a lot of help now with, with IT. And uh, so I've got a great team of, of people to work with um, in, in the academic affairs office. And then, of course, um, faculty. 
And so we have about 25 full-time faculty members who are also academic advisors. A new um, reality for me as I come back to the institution after almost a decade is the uh, reorganization of academic affairs and faculty into divisions. So there are now four divisions, and that means that I have um, division chairs, so the heads of those divisions to work with. And that's great for me because it means that I have um, sort of a, another layer of participatory leadership of people who I can work with and um, and uh, talk to about strategically where are we going um, and uh, what are the issues that that we have to keep in mind, you know, as, as we continue to, to, to change and evolve. And, and then it goes on and on, you know, the, the unofficial uh, list is, is, is pretty long. Um, what I've been doing recently, um, a lot of work with uh, accreditation. Uh, we are awaiting the, um, the expert re report from our Swiss accreditors and um, that will probably mean uh, work and quality assurance, which is more or less, I won't say routine, but it's expected. Um, you're continuing always to, uh, to try to improve an institution, and that's a little bit what the accreditation role is about, um, continuous, uh, continuous improvement. Um, in terms of... of uh, partners and that sort of thing um, there there have been a lot of uh, partnerships that have occurred in the last in the last years that I'm uh, getting acquainted with and, and working with so that's exciting and that's a lot of fun as well I've been at this about six weeks including a couple of weeks of overlap with uh, my predecessor uh, Sarah Steiner Barella and um, so that means that I've been um, mainly working um, with faculty and, and the division chairs uh, at a distance. There have been some, some faculty around. Uh, most of the students aren't back yet and looking forward to that. And we have a very large and exciting new class um, to welcome. So that's a little bit where I'm at um, at the moment. Nice. And for new students and, you know, returning students who might not know, what's the best way for them to reach out to you and what kind of things can they reach out to you for? No, that's a good question because it's, it's a role that um, Sarah Steinabrella, Dean SSB, uh, as, as most people might know her, know her as, um, it's a role that she fulfilled magnificently. Um, I have a great respect for Sarah, and I know that she had a close relationship with many students. Um, I might be having a slightly different approach in that I would like students to really take advantage of the resources we have here, because we really do have resources. And so I've already mentioned the uh, Writing and Learning Center and, and the library, and I think that that's uh, great places for, for students to go. Also, um, the registrar's office, uh, Carol Wellington, our registrar, is really great at academic advising. And so I'm going to encourage students to take advantage of that expertise, as well as their academic advisors, who are full-time faculty members and the ones who are maybe closest to them in their, in their academic journey. Uh, students can, can drop by any time. I have an open door and, um, and 
can certainly uh, drop me an, an email um, and we'll, we'll kind of go from there. Uh, my colleagues in the student life uh, side of the house are equally important, I think, to the students' experience and their education. So we believe a lot in experiential learning, and that means uh, also being here in Lugano and taking advantage of uh, as much contact with the local community and uh, on things like academic travel that sort of bridge the curricular, co-curricular uh, uh, connection. Um, so I'd also encourage students to take advantage of, of all the, the great colleagues over in student life. Yeah, I had lots of experience working in student life and I can vouch for the fun and enthusiasm over there as well. Um, so, you know, thank you so much for the introduction. I think it'll be really helpful for students to kind of know more about your role. And so now I would love to have them know a little bit more about you. Um, and something that really has been on my mind for a while, um, ever since you told me was your time in Afghanistan. I would love to know more about so you worked at American Institution in Afghanistan, and I would love to know more about what that was like, especially working at an American Institution in Afghanistan. Like, it's just, tell, tell us more, please. No, thank you for, you know, for the curiosity. Actually, after I left Franklin in 2013, I began working more in um, lower-income countries and in, in a space that many Franklin students actually end up occupying. In fact, I found many alumni working in that same space, and, and Margaret, you and I talked about that. So um, I was dean of the Asian University for Women in Chittagong, Bangladesh, and I worked at the International Organization for Migration in Geneva. Um, in the American University of Afghanistan, I think would be very familiar in a funny way to Franklin students. It um, is an American university um, with a U.S. accreditation. The students are from every province in Afghanistan, and half of them are women. It's a unique place in that regard um, in the country, and it's a. It was, and I'm, I'm sorry to have, to have to use that verb. Um, that, that tends a, a safe place for students to be themselves, to grow, to, to experiment. Um, currently, of course, the, the country is, is going through uh, a, a bad stretch of turmoil after 40 years of, of civil war and, and, and all the rest. So um, the, the current situation of the university and, and the students and the colleagues there are is a little bit in doubt. Um, but so for me, it was um, an opportunity to be a little bit like in Bangladesh, to, to just be present um, and witness um, young countries that are finding their way um, and to to learn more than I, I think that I, I, I talked, frankly. Um, uh, the, the colleagues in Afghanistan um, are very expert in their, in their areas, and um, we had many uh, relationships with um, donors and uh, 
institutions like, for example, Stanford University that, that uh, uh, co-sponsored the law program and um, where we were helping with establishing the rule of law in, in the country. Um, the chair of the department was, was on the Constitutional Council. So it was, it was an opportunity to, to see uh, a country um, in, in, at many levels. Um, and the students, of course, were absolutely wonderful and are absolutely wonderful. And uh, as, we, as we always knew that, that this, uh, this effort um, had uh, a lot of risk involved to it, and at the same time, we thought, well, even if we just give these students a semester, a year, um, that's, that's something. And that's that's an education that, that they they'll take away from it. And uh, it's an institution that that's been uh, in in place for for a few decades now. So it's gone through a lot. And and I'm hoping that, that they'll be able to weather uh, this latest uh, this latest turn of events. Yeah, and I think I really liked what you said about you know learning more than you talk. I think that's a really interesting and powerful perspective to have especially when you're traveling and being able to be witness to such unique aspects of our world um so i really i like that idea and kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum you worked at university of milan which is a highly metropolitan city um but i was kind of curious what was it like working in milan and living in milan um, maybe get a little bit of insight on what your favorite part of the city is. Yeah, that, that was a, um, a, a very formative part of my career and of my life. Uh, I had gotten a, a master's in teaching English as a second language and had um, been awarded a Fulbright to train uh, teachers in public schools all over Italy. And I worked closely with local um, trainers and experts and again learn more from them than I than I got. Um, and that gave me an opportunity to get involved in research projects like introducing English into elementary schools in uh, in Italy at the time and um, and textbook projects. And so I began teaching at the University of Milan and at Bocconi in, in that context. Um, so Milan for me in Italy was a little bit like you, Margaret. I was about your age, you know, so you can imagine I, I spent about five years there, went back, did my graduate work, and then um, in my 30s. So it was a, that part of my career. Um, it was very centered around uh, English language teaching and teacher education. Uh, Milan itself was just coming out of... Uh, uh, a period of of, uh, of its own political violence and and was re flourishing at the time and so that was it was exciting to see but also very educational to be there with um, people of my generation who'd gone through that. My favorite places in Milan. Uh, I'm I'm very attached to the place and it's changed a lot, of course, and since since I um, I was there. I was living um, many different places, but the, the part I probably most identify with are down at the Nevigi, so the, the canals, and uh, it was in a little apartment off of uh, Corso San Gutado, for those who know it. So, so that was a, um, 
a great place to be and and to to experience um, what's now become a little bit more well known probably and and uh, a lot more visitors and it's good to see the city thriving uh, despite everything it's always the contradiction of Italy and how they how they manage um, and uh, but they manage and and it's it's certainly close here and it's a place that um, Franklin students uh, I think will get to know very well. Yeah, I think it's definitely recommendable for you to just hop on a train, go down to Milan, super easy, super fun. Definitely a very large juxtaposition between Lugano and Milan. It's a lot busier, easier to get around, but very fun. And so kind of more to a point of reflection, you, like I mentioned in your introduction, you've had a lot of experience working in different higher education institutions um, around the world. And I was just kind of wondering, you know, what your biggest takeaway has been through this wide range of experience and being able to really see students develop um, in so many different ways. I think of of everything as I reflect um, that I've come to really value, and and that's an emphasis I would really like to um, encourage faculty and and students to to think about in these next couple of years is the the benefit of experiential education. So by that, I mean um, cycles of of being exposed to something that's new, having an opportunity to reflect on it, maybe to then um, be exposed to other perspectives, maybe a more theoretical perspective, and, and then experiment, which gives you more experience. So it's, it's a cyclical um, process that I've seen um, students carry out sort of on their own, uh, don't necessarily need uh, the guidance of, of a university, but um, I think that's also what we do. And I think um, how we as a, as a faculty, we as designers of curriculum, channel that, those sorts of activities are an important part of what we do. So academic travel is a perfect example. Um, so we have in-class experiences, um, students do go on, on the travel, the professor come back and reflect on what they've done. One of the things that we do in this semester is an academic travel that's actually centered here in Ticino. We have an opportunity um, for a space that uh, has been offered to us um, to develop um, small startup service for the local community and, and perhaps opportunities for Franklin students to, um, to deliver those services. And so um, I'll be working together with uh, Professor Rocky Mera, um, who's an expert in entrepreneurship. And we will be, um, she'll be delivering let's call it the theoretical aspects of that, but students will also be working with local community mentors and will be traveling, seeing the the space and uh, together um, come up with uh, feasibility uh, proposals about about activities there. So so that's the sort of thing that I've come really to value, Um, a combination of getting your hands dirty, reflecting on yourself. Uh, one aspect of this course, for example, would be working with Anthony Rayford in, uh, in student affairs, um, 
on uh, the Myers-Briggs, uh, the intercultural um, development inventory, so that students can get to know themselves a little better and how they reflect on how they work in teams and how teams work. Um, so it's a combination of, 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 uh, of experience, reflection, and, and theory. That's amazing. That actually sounds really fun. I like the idea of actually kind of getting roots in the Lugano community that are more entrepreneurial focused. That's really cool. Definitely recommend going on your travel, like I mentioned. <laughs> um, but that actually leads me to a small curiosity I have. How is it being back in Lugano after a little while of being away? Well, it corresponded also with the pandemic, which um, is, uh, you know, has changed everyone's lives. And uh, I have the great fortune to live in a beautiful country, sort of place in the middle of nowhere and, and have woods and a river and a dog. And so, so it's been uh, a very rural experience while I've been doing um, work um, both with, with uh, Kabul and then, and then with other consulting things. So it's been great to be back at the same time. Um, like everybody, you know, there's a level of worry about, about loved ones and, and about, uh, about uh, everybody. And fortunately, you know, I, I think that we're coming out, um, at least um, from the point of view of the university, we're, we're going to be able to offer in-person uh, education again. Um, the students have been great about getting back to us on their vaccination status. And so we're pretty confident that um, we're going to have a year that looks a little bit more like like the, the years you might have had you know, during most of your career. Yeah, I'm excited for the new phase of Franklin, not only physically with our new building, but also hopefully emotionally with a new rallying spirit. And actually, that reminds me, I did not mention that your son actually went to Franklin. That's um, right. Yeah. What was that like, kind of being able to see a more intimate perspective on Franklin, but also knowing the professional aspect of Franklin? No, that was a funny how it happened, but not really funny in the sense that um, I was able to leave Franklin, let's say, because he was able to go to university. So um, that, that's one of the things that kept me a bit moored. Um, and so it was a great opportunity for him to come here. He, he grew up in, in uh, Milan. And went to a liceo classico, and so had that that kind of education. He had a great experience here, and for me as a parent, uh, you're right. You know, I was able to see things uh, from a different perspective and try to keep my mouth shut as much as possible. Um, and and now seeing him as a graduate, he's he's doing a, a master's program in clinical psychology uh, in Milan, and to see the the benefits, but also you know the rooms. Uh, the room for improvement in in uh, in some areas of, of, of our curriculum. So uh, it certainly was was a, a funny sort of substitution as I left and he came in. Um, so he was here during the years that I was away. Yeah, there was an always a starcher presence. I think it was planned <laughs> subconsciously. <laughs> um, but. I was kind of wondering also what advice would you give to current students in an academic sense, but also maybe in 
you know, a life sense and how they should kind of navigate Franklin's terrain? Yeah, another great question, Margaret. I, I've always encouraged students to take advantage of other students and to lean <laughs> on other students, you know, to, yeah. to um, in, in my own uh, study of how students developed um, over the, over the three or four years of, of a Franklin experience. Um, it had to do with that experiential learning cycle I, I mentioned before. And part of the uh, humus or the, the peat dish in which they, they, were, they were working were these students from all over the world and, and this ability to uh, have to interact with people you might not not otherwise have had an opportunity to do so and learn learn from them. But it was also interesting how students developed what I called interpretive friendships. In other words, they had um, very close friends, and they might even have been from the same culture or the same language group, um, but who together went through this, this journey of, um, of risk-taking, of making mistakes, of learning from it, and talking, reflecting, processing it a lot. So... Um, so maybe that would be, you know, for especially for a new student, is is to just look around and begin um, forming relationships. That those are going to be the people who who are going to help you in in your learning over the next years. Yeah, and it's it's actually funny because on the travel that I went on, led by you, I met one of my best friends. That actually we kind of evolved through our Franklin journey together, pretty much starting from that travel so that's kind of funny yeah but um thank you so much for being part of the podcast i feel like we could go on and on um i really, really like hearing about your perspective and your life experiences so thank you for sharing a little bit about that today and i really appreciate your getting up early to uh to do this with me and uh, and I think this is a great uh, initiative and a, gr- a great way for uh, for people to get to know Franklin. Yeah, I completely agree. Well, it's been an honor, and I wish you the best of luck and officially warm welcome to Franklin again. Um, and cheers to that. <laughs> okay. Thanks so much, Mark. Thanks. Bye.